Hi, this is Beth AQ, and this is the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. The Glass House is a space for spoken word artists, poets, sound makers, audio storytellers, emerging cultural leaders, thinkers, writers, and anyone who celebrates story as a means of self-expression, self-representation, and community building. I hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at BethanyAQ or the Triple R website. Here at Triple R. Hey, my name's Beck. I'm filling in for Beth AQ. And I'm broadcasting here in so-called Brunswick East on stolen land that belongs to the traditional owners of these lands, the Wurundjeri, Wurrung peoples, and also prepared for this show on Wurrung and Boonwurrung lands. Travelled across the marvellous Maribyrnong River to get here today. I want to pay my respects to Kulin Nation elders past and present and also want to extend that respect to the lands and the waterways that you might be listening from today, as well as extending that respect to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander listeners. Really stoked to have three guests on the show today. Going to be speaking about the exhibition This is a Poem, which is on now at Buxton Contemporary at the University of Melbourne. It'll be a two parter. In the first part, I'll be speaking with Janine Lane, and in the second part, Faye and DV. Both of those artists are contributing, participating in the show This is a Poem at Buxton Contemporary. And later on in the hour, I'll be joined by Susan Kukuchka, who is the new CEO, just started that new gig at 100 Story Building. All those interviews are coming up this hour on Triple R 102.7 FM. My name's Beck. This show is called The Glass House. I'm filling in for Beth AQ this week and next week. And today I'm stoked to be talking about an exhibition called This is a Poem. It's running now at Buxton Contemporary and I'll be speaking with two of the um, the artists who are involved in the show um, on Zoom. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that our um, our tech is, uh, is all working. Um, I'll be speaking with Faye and Devi and Janine Lane. Hi, Faye and hi, Janine. Are you there? Hello. Yes. Hello, Beck. Hey. Um, hi. Hi. Yes, hi. Hello. I'm so glad we got it all working. Um, of course, uh, a few uh, issues there getting it all connected, um, but here we are. Um, now... This is a poem is a an exhibition that comprises 19 new projects by poets and artists that are responding to existing works of art in the Buxton Contemporary Collection. So um, you've both uh, sort of sifted through the collection and found some works to uh, respond to in this show. Um I'd love to know what that process was like. Um, were you just sort of given given free reign to, to look through anything in the archives? 
Um, uh, Yiridu Maring, uh, this is Janine speaking, and I um, just want to acknowledge first and foremost I'm joining you today from uh, Ngunnawal country in Canberra. Pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Um, no, actually the exhibition was incredibly exciting and incredibly um, open-ended. Um, I was approached by um, the uh, curator, Melissa, and asked if I would like to be part of this ecphatic tradition of you know, continuing this tradition of poetry that responds to artworks or artworks that speak to poetry, whichever way you like to look at it. And um, from there on, I was just given um, a whole range of artists who were participating and um, I was able to choose one. And I, um, as a First Nations writer myself, I, I just gravitated uh, automatically and out of a long-term interest towards um, the wonderful work of um, Arab artist um, Destiny Deacon, Forced Into Images. Mm, so you, um, looking at the, the program, you have chosen to respond to two works by Destiny Deacon um, yes. and one of them in collaboration with Virginia Fraser and they're both from 2001. Um, for people who aren't familiar with the works both titled Forced Into Images, could you, um, could you describe them for us? And in particular, I'm curious about what, um, what about those works sort of drew, drew you in? Yes, um, the works are actually a, a series of photo installations and um, video installations of um, uh, mainly of two two children, two small children who are um, actually the niece and nephew of uh, one of the artists, Destiny Deacon, um, and it's it uh, focuses on the filming of the children. And the children are given a number of um, props, things like masks, clothes, and um, but really it's an unstructured filming of the children who are actually not quite sure what's expected of them at first, but then because they are children, they open up into this really amazing and wonderfully unstructured kind of free play. Mm. Um but what is so interesting about it, I mean, it's it's aesthetically it's beautiful, you know, there's the light and I can't I can't do this video and these photographs complete justice in terms of how they are the lighting really highlights this kind of broader colonial picture of of these two First Nations children and this broader colonial picture for First Nations people. Um, but it is also just wonderfully evocative to me the way that um, as children these these the two subjects of this um, piece are at this point not so aware of what roles that society is expecting of them or what images they're going to be forced into, but it is very much responding to um, Alice Walker's quote, which says, um, and this is by the artist's admission, um, Alice Walker said, I see our brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers captured and forced into images. 
doing hard time for all of us. And um, I thought very much about um, the picture where many of us are forced into images that are not necessarily to our own liking or not always to our own liking. Mm. Um, I I do want to um, hear from Fayan about your contributions, um, but Janine, um, first up, First of all, um, before we before we sort of move on to to hear from Fayan um, on this idea of of forced into images, that's also the title of the spoken word poem that's, that that um, you've recorded um, that will be included in this show. Um, I believe you have um, you have I that don't. poem with you. I do, and I won't share the whole poem because I know that you have another artist writer to hear from but I would like to share to you just um just a couple of brief excerpts from the poem I would love to hear it okay um body is water is body this is not a metaphor body and water are not unalike they are one same body Together, a river is a body of water. It has an arm, an elbow, a mouth. It bends, turns, chortles, sings, rages. It runs, lies in a bed, gives life, destroys, remembers everything. When a river floods, it is remembering its former self before it was forced into an image of no longer self. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Janine. Um, Now, that was an an excerpt from your piece, Forced Into Images. Um, The whole thing has been recorded and and is included in the show. This is a poem um, showing now at Buxton Contemporary. Thank you so much for... um, for sharing, for sharing your words and your insights with us today on the Glass House. Um, thank you, Mandan Guru. Thank you. Um, now I know I know you're pressed for time. If you do need to to rush off, that is that is totally okay. So thank you for being here. Um, and Faye, and I'll I'll turn to to you now and your your contribution to the show. Um, I am looking at the the list of artworks, and I'm not a hundred percent sure um, how to pronounce your piece. Um, if it's okay with you, I'll I'll have a try. It's sort of opening, opening curly brackets, tilde, 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 closing curly brackets, ellipsis, comma, ellipsis, semicolon, X. How did I do? How would you um How would you pronounce the? <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's perfect because actually there is no particular way of articulating the punctuation. One of the things I'm interested in is, um, yeah, providing from the outset um, uh, this invitation to, um, you know, to test language. 
Um, so, in fact, actually with this title, though, Benjamin pointed out because we were trying to figure out, you know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry to interrupt to you, Fan. Um, you're breaking up yeah. a little bit. Maybe maybe an issue with our friend Zoom once again. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with your microphone there, but you are breaking up a bit. It's a bit hard to hear you. Maybe let me see if I can change to the. Um, does that work better? Uh, I think so. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, maybe let, let's carry on and, and see how we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, Benjamin pointed out that the last um, semicolon X actually looks like a kissy face. So that was why we went with that. <laughs> like a winky, winky kissy face, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so Benjamin is the um, dancer who you have collaborated with to create this, this work. Yeah, Benjamin is a, a dancer, a choreographer, also um, a drag performer, and um, we've been working together for a few years now on a series um, of works that we call um, Essays in Vibrational Poetics, which thinks through how to translate uh, texts into embodied typography. Um, we've always worked with um, serif typefaces before, so this is one of the first times that we've worked with a sun serif typeface, and it's also the first time that um, Benjamin's really performed in drag. Mm. Um, and this is a site-specific work, so um, can you explain... Um, as well as, you know, encouraging listeners to, to head along to the show to experience the work um, on site um, in the context that it's been, been um, created um, with. Uh, could you explain sort of how, how the work is, is interacting with the site of Buxton Contemporary? Yeah, so it's actually, um, it's one of the um, galleries on the ground floor as you enter. It's probably sort of you're the second or third gallery along. Um, and there is an installation there of Emily Floyd's work, The Temple of the Female Eunuch from 2008, which is the work from the Buxton collection that we are responding to. And she's created a new installation of these blocks um, they're wooden blocks in different sculptural forms that are excerpts of Germaine Greer's feminist text, The Female Eunuch from 1970. Um, within those, um, that installation of blocks is a, a video work, um, which is Benjamin and I um, beginning to figure out how to translate one of the excerpts into embodied typography. And the excerpt that we chose to translate is A Woman Seeking Alternative Modes of Life is no longer morally bound to pay her debt to nature. Um, and I uh, chose Emily's work uh, when I was initially you know, offered a whole list from the collection uh, because I was already interested in the ways that it was working like a poem or an ekphrastic description or reflection on Jermaine Greer's work. So we've become sort of like a third phase of that um, with our uh, performance. There's going to be a 20-minute performance um, on October the 2nd, uh, we'll have three uh, sessions of that, um, and one of them will be audio described, um, and that will be Benjamin translating that phrase um, into this vibrational poetics. Fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really curious about um, the, the relationship um, between dance or or embodied movement and poetry I wonder if you could um 
reflect on that? Um, I mean, partly this has come from work I've been doing and thinking about publishing over deep time. And there's kind of two strands to this. I started to think about, um, you know, the lessons that we need to learn from um, uh, Indigenous publishing and carrying stories over such time, like through song and dance. Um, I've also been working separately um, with um, dancer Anna Seymour um, around ideas of gestural poetics. So how do you carry, um, say, Auslan poetry over deep time? Because it's very difficult to write it down. Um, and I've been thinking about how you could potentially, yeah, um, continue to express these performative texts. So um, with Benjamin, we first started working, actually, um, it was this response, I often work in response to blindness or engaging with blindness, and it was in response to um, vibrational sculptures of uh, an artist called Aaron McPeak um, in London, and a blind artist, and he had these bell forms that were not the actual bell, but it was the outline of the bell, and that really got us thinking about how you can take kind of the content of text and you can take the, the edges and the shapes of the letters and translate them into bodily movement um, and maybe after everything else disappears like you know um, paper and you know all these other ephemeral materials that we try and conserve but that ultimately will go away you know maybe we can continue to, to carry these texts through our body so that's what we're exploring uh, with Benjamin. Mm. Um Faye and DV, thank you so much for, for chatting with me on The Glass House today. Um, that performance, again, of your work with dancer Benjamin Hancock will be at um, Buxton Contemporary on October 2nd, and that's part of an exhibition called This Is A Poem, which opened just last week and is running until um, the 14th of November. That's at Buxton Contemporary um, on the corner of Dodds Street and South Bank Boulevard in South Bank. Entry's free. It's running from Wednesday to Sunday, 11am till 5. Um, you can find more info about at buxtoncontemporary.com. Faye and Davey and Janine, Janine Lane, um, thank you both so much for, uh, for bearing with the, the tech ba uh, barriers that we had and, and um, pressing on and, and joining me on, on the Glasshouse today on Triple R. Really appreciate it. Thanks um, very much, Faye. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so Bye. much. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Um, coming to the sort of final part of the show today, you're listening to The Glass House on Triple R. And um, I have on the line with me Susan Kukuchka, who is the new CEO of 100-storey building in Footscray. Hey, Susan, thanks for being here on The Glass House. Hi, Beck. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, hey, congrats on your new job. Um, you thanks. just started on Monday. Hey. I did. I did. So you got me on day three. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. It must be a busy week for you. Um, how, how's it going so far? Uh, look, it's fantastic. Like, I'm so excited to, you know, to finally be here when I was kind of, um, I guess, doing a handover with our previous CEO, Locke. We were kind of coming in and out of lockdown and, 
you know, I was meeting the team on Zoom and things like that, and it sort of felt like, you know, we all kind of really wanted to connect and, and, and kind of have me, you know, come in. Um, and so it was sort of a bit disjointed, so it actually feels really good to be in the space, to be in the 100-storey building um, with the team and sort of getting my head around what everyone's doing and, you know, all of the exciting, amazing projects and initiatives we've got coming up. So, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's been so great. Um, yeah, really, 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 really good to be here. And um, for some of our listeners who might be less familiar with 100-storey building, um, can, you, can you describe what, what is 100-storey building and, and what do you do there? Uh, well, 100-storey building, we're essentially, we're a creative literacy organisation for young writers. So we're, we're a home for story making and creative discovery for, you know, children and young people aged 6 to 18. Uh, we've been around for a little while, so um, the organisation was formed in 2009 by um, a, a group of amazing visionary co-founders, so Jenna Williams, our previous CEO, Lachlan Carter, and also Jessica Tran, who's uh, still with the organisation leading our Story Hubs initiative, which I know you wanted to chat about. Um, so basically, we're, we're, we're an organisation. We're also a, a space here in Footscray as well. Um, we're called 100 Story Building, and we really play with that idea. So we, you know, um, love sharing kind of stories and, and sparking children's imaginations by talking about, you know, the giant purple panda on level 32 or the, the chocolate tornado on level 83. You know, there's giant kittens. There's all sorts of things. Um, and those things, you know, they're designed to, you know, like I said, to really spark imagination because that's what we're dedicated to doing. We're dedicated to supporting children and young people, often from, from marginalised communities, um, to build the literacy skills, the confidence and the sense of belonging that we feel is fundamental to their future success. And... Um, and we think that the best way to do that is um, through the arts and, and through creativity. So we, um, we do storytelling and creative literacy programs. You know, we provide a safe environment for, for children and young people to take creative risks and to really kind of own their learning um, and own that creative process and, and kind of let them know that their voices matter, that their stories matter and that we want to hear them and when they have the confidence to share those you know they become engaged you know engaged powerful learners and um and so yeah that's what that's what we're all about and um as you mentioned it's been it's been a decade since 100 story was founded and in that time um 100 story building has helped um just reading on your website, 40,000 children and young people um, over that time, helping them to amplify their voice and um, increasing their creative confidence through the storytelling and arts programs that you're running. And um, and moving forward now um, with what you've got sort of coming up, um, can you can you tell me a bit about the the Story Hubs project as well as the the online portal that you've got um, launching soon? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've got we've got a you know a few exciting things coming up. Um, you know, one of the the key things that we've always done is our workshops program, where we sort of uh, where we do these storytelling, where we do these you know creative literacy workshops with um, with schools. So, at the moment, we're in the in the kind of peak time for booking term three workshops. So, if any schools are interested in actually having us either come to the schools and incursion or come to our building or do an online session you can sort of get in touch with us to to chat about that now um and yes we're also devising an online program so you know obviously 2020 like for so many of us was a huge you know learning curve when suddenly um you know, we couldn't have children in the space and, and, and we couldn't go to schools. And so, um, you know, we took all of the things that we've learned over the years and we started developing online programs and, um, you know, they were really, really incredible. So we obviously did uh, the ones that we do with children and young people, but we also did um, teacher professional learning as well, where we kind of work with teachers to, um, you know, to work with them to embed creativity in the classroom and in their online learning and we sort of unpack the creative process with them. So that's a really um, amazing program we run as well. So we're looking to, um, you know, create a whole suite of those online so people will be able to access them, not just by coming to our space or us going to them, but from wherever they are. So we're hoping to to reach more and more people with this um, with this amazing approach that we have. So... Yeah, that's some of the the immediate stuff. But like you mentioned, we're also working on the Story Hubs um, initiative. And essentially that is kind of like a 100-story building but going out into into schools and into their communities. So it's aimed at changing the way creativity is taught in the classroom where, um, by having us come and working with a school to almost create their own 100-storey building concept and space and program, but within their school that meets their needs and that kind of um, achieves what they want to achieve with their students and their families and their teachers. So um, at the moment that is a pilot program and we've been working with some amazing schools already to realise that. You know, um, Meadows Primary has, um, you know, developed a, their story hub which is about interdimensional exploration and um, Sunshine Primary is a place of light and dark magic. So we've got some schools that we've been working with and, um, and you know, in a pilot sort of model and... We're hoping to, to, to have that become an even bigger and, um, and more widespread program that we roll out, um, you know, over the, the very near future. I love that. So it sounds like you've got your work really cut out for you in this, in this <laughs> new role. Um, so I do really appreciate you taking the time to, um, to sit in the, in the recording booth there at 100 Story um, and, and chat to me about all of this. Um, in your first week in this new job as CEO of 100 Story Building over in Footscray, um, and if people do want to find out more about 100 Story Building, they can do so at your website. That's 100 that's 100storybuilding.org.au. Susan Kukuchka, thanks so much for, um, for joining me on The Glass House. Thank you so much, Beck. It's uh, time for me to head off. My name is Beck. I'll be back next week, same time with The Glass House. 
Thanks so much to my guests, Susan Kukuchka from 100 Story Building, Janine Lane and Fayan Devi, both speaking about This is a Poem at Buxton Contemporary. That's it from me. I'll catch you next week here on Triple R. This is Beth AQ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at Bethany AQ or the Triple R website, 